Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be really emotional. There is no loss for being honest. The real work of life is the work that we do inside ourselves. The responsibility we feel towards the world, like questioning, challenging, say something. Raw and vulnerable and open conversation. That was the best part. I'm scared of the friendship. Taking a breath. Just talk. Shame and guilt. Vulnerabilities. <laughs> that was about to be What does it really mean to be friends? We trust the real work that we do is overcoming our insecurities every day and learning how to love more. It has examples of the change we want to see in the world. Just talk. taking a breath. So if we just take a breath. Well, my face is on fire from the doctors. <laughs> To have healthier relationships with women, they need healthier relationships with other men. The real work of life is the work that we do inside ourselves. So I'm in an open relationship with my husband, and my husband and I sold our house ten months ago. We have twins that are four years old, we travel around the world, and this is my boyfriend. Hi! <laughs> Perfect! Hi. Hi guys! Hi! <laughs> Every time, seriously, it gets me. Okay, this is awesome. This podcast I'm super, super, super excited about. We are in New Zealand right now at this beautiful home on a farm, basically. Organic farm. Organic farm. Near Wanaka or Wanaka or Wakanda. I have no idea how anything's pronounced here. (laughs) Wanaka, I think. New Zealanders were trying. And, uh, no, it's just beautiful. I feel like it's the perfect setting and that, and we have an amazing conversation going on, which we'll get into, but just everything right now over the last couple of weeks and couple of days, I feel like is leading up to this conversation, which is really about how you two, Marty and Kyle have been relating to each other and where you are now, where you were in the past. And I think the growth, the amazing, amazing growth that has come from that. Yeah, yeah, as metamorphs. As metamorphs, yeah. In a V-ish. Yeah. Right? Kind of W. I don't know what. <laughs> Two V's connected. That's a what W. What that W? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think. I think so. Well, I don't know. Who's the person in the middle? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to figure out. Anyway, however we're connected. No, just the relationship between you two. I... It has grown so much because you, so two years ago, you guys didn't even know each other. And when, I don't even know where to start this conversation really of where we were. It's actually, I think I'd rather start with where we are now. Like how, how do you guys feel right now about each other? And then we can work back to where, where we started. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> put you on the spot. <laughs> right now. We are, I mean, we're planning for the future. We're talking about the future in a really powerful way. We're thinking about as men, what do we need? As partners, what do we need? And we're, yeah, I think both healing. We've come through a huge journey of healing. We're supporting each other in that. But we're not competitive in the way that I think we've, we started mm-hmm. as. And, and that was the world we were coming from. And we're really, like working together and we're a team and it feels, mm-hmm. I mean, if there's anyone that I'd want to be on a team with to kick some serious ass, it would be <laughs> you two and especially Marty. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love that. <laughs> I want to add to that, the, the responsibility we feel towards the world. Like we, I think the men in a metamor straight world, like we're straight men uh-huh. as metamors to you. Or to each yeah. other. We uh, should describe metamorph. Yeah, okay. People can probably get that. Yeah, let me. But I, I see the, there's the responsibility that I feel Kyle and I have gotten to for the world, mm-hmm. right? As examples of the change we want to see in the world, of the examples of removing the hyper and toxic masculine kind of paradigms, removing these competitive paradigms, exploring what does it really mean to be friends and where I had to heal in that because I was scared to have friends of any type. Like even talking to my other partner, I'm like, I'm not worried about the love anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not scared of the love. I'm scared of the friendship. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that came up in this trip. And, uh, it's important, I think, to work on the relationship with one another for other men to rise to the occasion because we need a community. 
where we don't feel so strange, right? Where it's like, okay, I, I want a healthier environment of men to be friends with. Yeah. Well, do, don't you think that men, to have healthier relationships w- with women, they need healthier relationships with other men? Because yeah. part of that toxic behavior is how we're relating to other men, how we're valuing ourselves to other men, and then how we're in turn treating women. Yeah, I think the what just occurred for me is this, and I know you you said this, Cal. Who we are now with women is like I could be at the party we went to where people find out or know about what our relationship structure is and have a million questions for us. And women are like easy to get along with and easy for us to communicate with. And frankly, like some of them are just kind of like throwing themselves at us to a certain degree where I'm like, wow, they're longing for this type of, of connection with a man, this ease, this peace, this safety that they're not getting. Right. And so if I were not uh, working my ethics or any of these things, like this would be a whole different ballgame. But then when it comes to the men, they're like hiding, shying away, not willing to get in the conversation, almost threatened by us. And I find now it's so easy for me to make friends with women. Mm-hmm. Like safe, easy. Women are ready for polyamory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, women. <laughs> Across the board. I, uh, I agree. They're way ahead of the game. Yeah. I think it's just so much oppression. And like now that I see it, I see it everywhere. And I see like men talking on behalf of their, their, their women, right? I see men, that was air quotes. I see women shying away from the things they want to say. And I've stopped in many occasions and been like, wait, wait, what does she want to say? What do you want to say? I agree. And I want to bring it back to a point that you just made, Marty, which was it's easier to maybe to love than to be friends. Yeah. So I'm curious what, what's behind that? Well, just a lot of, for me, I don't know. I'm not going to talk for everybody. I'm going to talk from my own traumas of, I've always gone for deep friendships. Mm -hmm. I'm not a surface level acquaintance friend. I don't just call everybody my friend. Mm -hmm. And I have had, I go all in on friendships and I'll always be there for my friends and I'll always try to be the best version of myself, even though like I'm an intense person. I have been a really intense person. But I've had friendships just abruptly stop with no warning, no explanation, no anything. And it's left me shell-shocked from Mm -hmm. wanting to step into new friendships. Mm -hmm. And so I get into places where I'm always ready to be abandoned. And it triggers that abandonment issue that I have and the isolation issue that I have, which are like my wounds, is I'm so fucking out there and have been my whole fucking life. That when I was younger, it was getting bullied and beat up until I learned how to fight and got thrown into martial arts. And then I became fucking vicious. And then I was an animal and like suicidal and intense. And then my friendships were all built on these kind of false premises of loyalty, like basically Mm -hmm. gangs. Right. And then leaving all of that after enough friends have gone to jail and died and like were just toxic. I had to learn to be friends all over again. But in college, it started with all women. I was Mm -hmm. friends with all women. Like Mm -hmm. I knew I would hang out with 15 women and I'd be one of two dudes, which is the greatest. I was polyamorous then. I had no idea. (laughs) Right. I was every one of the girls I knew alternate to their formals and their events and their because I was safe and I was fun and I had no strings attached and I was like never expected anything. But when it came to men, it was really abrupt stops, really... Mm hard relationships and competitive. Yeah. I was going to say, did you feel that same competitive? Not with Kyle. No, but I I brought it to the relationship. Uh, I didn't feel it, but I brought all those wounds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think on the other side, I had my experiences, right. Growing up as a boy, becoming a man. And I think when I reflect at a high level, I think about all of the ways that I was made to feel which was not just typically not enough, you know, you're being like too short or yeah, or not making enough money later on in life. And all these definitions of being a man, not sleeping with over a thousand women. And, you know, those, these are real, these are real things that like I was, that I've experienced that were the metrics of being a man. And I think, when I, I think when we came into this relationship, you were bringing your wounds and I was bringing mine and we had some 
conflict in, in those areas because I was used to being disempowered, kind of like treated like a lesser than or a little brother or being out competed. And I think I was coming into a situation that I was, you both knew each other so well. It was like, I don't know how I can compete air quotes in this, in this paradigm, which mm. was the only thing that I knew as a man is like, I need to compete with you. You said that on our walk today. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, oh, there's parts that I couldn't compete with you on with right. Megan. Like if I had to jump in fucking oceans and do like mountain <laughs> hikes all the time, and like, I, and she loves you for this. Like she is turned on by you in this. Like if I, I'm fucked, I can't do it. But if she needs like her fucking phone fixed. Well, that's, where we are. that's where we are now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You two have very different skill sets. We're like a badass Venn diagram. Yeah. A lot of things covered. Here. Yes, I do. Yeah, it's a badass Venn diagram yeah. is what we call so it. So was there, a, was there a moment that something shifted for you two where you're like, oh, it's not about competition or, oh, it just, was there a moment or was it slowly building and changing? Because I, I and I do want to call out some specific like events that we had. A lot of things get revealed in the hard times. Yeah. I feel like. And I think, yeah, there were, I mean, there was the stop and repair, like first one that uh, the pride parade or yeah, no, the, the uh, festival. Yeah. 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 But okay. I want to talk about that yeah. one because you get to share your perspective. I was the one left out. Yeah. And that wasn't com competition. That was, I was in a deep state of trigger and despair and, feeling isolated and left out and the two of you abandoned me in that mm -hmm. moment. And I, that was where like I was fizzling. Mm -hmm. I was anxious. I was depressed and you took it nonchalantly. Yeah. And then there was no support from you. And that well, I, I, yeah, I what was, I got defensive. Yeah. Uh -huh. And also my experience was like, how could you be left out? That was like, that was so crazy to me. Because I didn't understand your perspective at all. And I think to even sit back and appreciate it is so different than mm -hmm. today, which just to quickly throw in, like two days ago, you really extended yourself for someone on this trip that was in an emotional breakdown. And now, like the first thing I'm like, I want to be ahead of that with Marty. Like I want to be ahead of where his emotions are at. I want to be like mm -hmm. aware, but also anticipate his emotions before I was like so clueless as to what you needed, where you so were was I. Yeah. Right, right. Those so were the things that we didn't know we needed. So in the healthy side of our relationship, I'm able to learn what I need. And so like what I, what we both didn't know at the pride fest where we're hanging out, which by the way, in Chicago is one of the best it's festivals, great. Yeah. best music in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. So like we didn't know we were both in unknown territory on that. We didn't have the experience of each other and you didn't have the experience. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, a breakdown that, that led to some compassion for me for once, right? Mm -hmm. Later, which was nice. But like now, I didn't know when I dig in with someone that it costs me and that I need recharge because in my head, I'm not dwelling on it. I'm not mentally chewing on it, but it taxes my spirit. And that, that's something that I didn't acknowledge before. I didn't even know before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so like to know that you know that about me mm -hmm. to know that you know that about me to know that I finally know that about myself to be able to say, Hey, I need some compassion today because that and there's a team mentality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's where the shift happened. Yeah. And I really, I mean, it's kind of crazy, but that only happened on this trip. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. Cause I think if you're a victim, Megan, and I'm a victim and I've, I've been just as much of a victim and Marty, if you're a victim, we're all individuals. We're not a team. Mm -hmm. See, mine was I'm the perpetrator. Mm. Right? right. So right. mine, you guys play the victim role and I'm the one that poisons everything. Yeah. Like that's right. like, I'm worried yeah. about being the toxic one. So I won't ask for what I want. But then we're not a team. Yes. Right. Yeah. None of us are a team at that point. Yeah. And that's like, what's changed. I think on this trip. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was more martyrdom. Right. Mine was more like, Oh, I'll just lay on this grenade and I'll just let you guys do what you want to do because I'm not going to take anything from it, but let's, I need from it. Yeah. Let's talk about these things as patterns too, because these are learned behavior. They're how we related to ourselves in the world before. They're kind of connected to our identity. And now when I flip into victim mode, it's a very common story for me, but there was just no awareness there. So now I feel like I'm able to bring awareness, not to say it doesn't happen, but it can be an easier kind of switch out. And yeah, I feel the team thing happening right now. And maybe it's hard, it's even hard to talk about it right now because we're not, it's just a new shift or new phase for us. And we're two years in. 
two years into this. So to talk about and look at all the hard work that we've put in. <laughs> we traveled all over the world. We traveled. And we were in a team <laughs> as well as we are now. Yeah, but really think about that. I mean, that it's it's big, this work. This work is not necessarily easy, but I look at the benefits of it and I look at where you were before and I'll, I have to add my piece. You know, I'm asking you questions like I'm not a part of, I'm not a variable, but I'm completely a variable in the way that we all connect. You're the variable. I'm the variable. <laughs> <laughs> like ground zero. Yeah. And let's talk about that for a little bit. Ground zero. And I think Spain was the, was the <laughs> moment that I think Marty and I realized like, oh, if we're both going to Megan for information about each other, we're going to get a filtered down well, Megan version if, of if, <laughs> if Megan is triggered, like Megan yeah, was right. in a deep state yeah. of fucked. Sure, sure. Right? When we were in Spain. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. we were going to Megan and all that came out of Megan was fucked. Right? <laughs> and so like, <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing a fucked version <laughs> of Kyle. She's, you're hearing a fucked version of Marty. Like, yeah, that's a good and, correction. And like, we, when we finally faced it, it was like, oh, well, she's fucked. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's oh, the, we're good. But that's the benefit of you two talking because that, even that, that's why that relationship, well, that's relationship where there has to be so important. There has to be a relationship. And I, mean, I, I wonder, I have a question for our listeners at this point because I don't know and I haven't heard of maybe many really healthy, successful polyamorous relationship structures where the people don't know about each other, where they don't communicate. Um, maybe they're out there, like maybe that works, but right where you're allowed to have other relationships where you don't want to know about it, or there's not a deep connection between some of them. I'm sure there is. And yeah. I actually, oh, I totally misunderstood that term. I thought polyfidelity is like you're you're faithful to someone. No, it's more so like it's, you have the ability, I believe, to uh, to have other relationships, way. and they're just not mixed together per se, right? Like. Mm. It's like you can go and do your thing and there are rules per se. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has their kind of way of doing it. I could be totally wrong if yeah. I'm wrong for <laughs> But, you know, there's a lot of vocabulary and there's We're some learning. contention about some of the vocabulary. <laughs> We're learning. Anyway, what was the original question? Oh, I wonder if there are really healthy relationships where you don't, where the two metamors are not talking to each other. Because I think that that is actually the cause for so much misunderstanding, miscommunication, you're totally missing out on a whole leg of support that you could have if those have two people are not talking. Yeah, I mean, if you're upset about something, I can literally now like stand up for Marty in a, in a situation where mm-hmm. you're not seeing something as clearly as you could. Mm-hmm. And if you're triggered or you're upset about something, that's I think that shift also started happening. I don't know. That was some well, point in the last few months. Actually, like, right when we had the time when we were working on your healing project. Mm-hmm. Right. And you stepped in. Mm, but it was yeah. just me and him. Yeah, it was yeah. like, it was supposed to be me and him working on it. He asked for my help. I have a way of doing my help that you don't do my way. Mm-hmm. Right. And my way is sometimes confrontational where it's like, I'm going to hold you to this. Like mm-hmm. he's, I could see Kyle on the precipice yeah. of a breakthrough and he's like, I'm going to go think about it. I'm like, fuck <laughs> you are. I'm like, no, you have it right now. I'm going to push you into this wall. And you got upset with me and you took off. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when we came back to like, Andy, he, yeah, he, also- and Kyle, and <laughs> Kyle came in and apologized to you. And I'm like, I half apologized to you because bullshit, right. I called bullshit on it. And we can do that now together. Yeah. Me and Kyle can come in and support you together support each other and not need you to support us. Yeah. And that actually, I don't know if this is jumping onto another topic, but fears, I think that moment brought up a fear in me, which you got, you got my reaction, which is like, if you two team up on me, Uh that's a fear. Yeah. And that's, I don't know if it's a fear. It's like a, yeah, it's, it's something in the category of a fear. But now you and me could team up on Megan and stay. And so, like, we've kind of hit equilibrium. You know right? what? I, because you can't, like, you might bring that fear in. Right. But the reality is it's like, for your own really good. Happened. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. That's uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> Something must be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to switch topics a little bit because I actually realized that power dynamic is at play in all of this. Because when we first started our relationship, Kyle and I, this was new to us. And I think that power dynamic was really, really evident in the beginning because it was, it was all new. We were still protecting our marriage. Yeah. And now like the walk we just had and what we just talked about is like, I've given up my marriage. Uh We don't wear rings. No. Like it's married on paper. It's married in, in terms of we have all these constructs that we built over time 
kids or whatever these things are going on but like we, neither one of us really believe in marriage like i believe it's a real estate contract right and yep. i look back on it's my hard history, even to call your husband now yeah like, oh, my partner partners yeah it's mm-hmm. like I, I don't really feel like the power of the wife i've really given up that that role and that term i think shifted the power dynamics partner versus wife yeah boyfriend yes or definitely yeah so that's where i was that's where Language i was headed matters. with this yeah it really does so having partners having two partners i feel like it's more equal and and i feel like that's that's a big difference from where we started granted we had to over the course of two years hey, you don't was, walk in as a partner no you don't you definitely don't walk in as a partner like Ta-da, i'm here now i deserve equal you know like everything's equal and how we how we go about things yeah uh but i feel like that's shifting and yeah I was, we were Growing. And I feel like I've heard triads talk about this a lot more, and I finally am starting to get it, where it's really about that that third person coming in. can It can be tough, and I know I've heard, I've heard that perspective a lot, and it's really about how does that power dynamic level back out? How do you have an actual equal relationship in all directions? Well, I want to jump in because I, my partner, mm-hmm. coming back from my trip, triggered you guys to figure out that you haven't really even labeled each other as partners. Mm-hmm. My partner, she and I talk about Kyle and I's relationship to one another. And she often brings it up as to like her barometer to how well we're all doing mm-hmm. and that like kind of staging how she's feeling about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, wait, what about our, me and her? I'm like, <laughs> it's great between me and her. I'm like, yes. And it's great between me and Kyle. But I think it's a way that she's stepping into this world of saying, okay, well, we have to maintain all of these. And she also may have a small wound from Spain of just saying, like, if that's not good for whatever reason, then everything gets destabilized. And that's true. Yeah, I think in some ways she's she's gotten over that because of how we ended Spain and Barcelona together and how now we're, you and I are hitting new levels and she hears about it and knows about it. And I think she relates to you in the role and she often sure. brings up the marriage construct. And I'm like, OK, well, you know, one of the things I I finally declared wants today to her. I'm like, I don't want you to to throw away what's good and working so well because it is good and working so well for the possibility of something else down the road or this other ideology that you might have when we can just deal with that when we get to it, you know? And like, I'm a very in the present moment guy right now. And I feel very much excited about what we have. Like we were talking on our walk, like, can't explain this life. No, like it's hard. So we experienced it. I have the life that I want. So it's like yeah. the future. Like I have a dream, and then I wake up, and then I have my life. And right. it's, it's like the dream. <laughs> I, I'm not risking the loss of the future. I'm risking the only risk I have is the loss of now. Mm-hmm. Right? There's not some future I'm waiting for that's risked. Right? Yeah. Like it would be in the past. What? Well, what if would I you have this, said? That. What would you have said to that past version of you? How could you? How Calm could the you fuck have? Down. Burn it off. <laughs> <laughs> but could you have even understood no. the relationship or the connection that you have now? Or what? What would you say to all the people that are maybe new to this relationship structure and they're really afraid and and going into going into this with that I mean, you said competitive about orientation? Health. You were like, if Megan and I would have been healthier, you made that comment. Oh yeah, yeah. If we had not been so kind of shoved by society into marriage, which we weren't really all about anyway. Like you went to the McCormick place in Chicago for the bridal expo and came home and she's like, sit down. I'm like, Oh, she's fucking leaving me. And she's, like, <laughs> she's like, I don't want to do a big wedding. I want to get a destination wedding. I'm like, ding, 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 ding. I'm like, this is why I married you. And we, our, our, our your it's wedding so dress cost 80 bucks. We got like, we planned it in an hour and a half. While we were down in St. Lucia. I love hearing about that. I just heard that story recently. Really? Like, it it was the most chill fucking wedding (laughs) you could possibly have. It was like we wrote our... We were playing beach volleyball in the pool an hour before we had to get ready to get married. And, like, it was... Amazing. We, yeah, we created our own vows. I don't even know what I said anymore because I didn't write it down. I just said whatever was in my heart then. Yeah, and really, the the... We probably would have been polyamorous a lot sooner if it wasn't mm-hmm. for the structures of society telling us what we should be doing. I didn't even know that that was a possibility. Yeah. I, didn't, I hadn't heard of it. I didn't know anybody. I just wasn't even in my construct. No and that's 
No exposure. But that's why I think this is paradigm breaking, (laughs) paradigm creating, shifting from the paradigm of uh, monogamy to polyamory or creating your own relationship structures. Because I remember in the beginning and I like, I will, I will definitely claim some of that competitive, maybe feeling that you two had with each other because it was the only paradigm that I knew all of the movies, everything I knew was like this or that. It was like, how can I be in love with Marty and love Kyle at the same time? And even I talked to a lot of people, not a lot, but some that are starting out in this. And they're like, did you ever feel like you were falling out of love? And it's just like, no, no, you're just working on creating a new paradigm for yourself where you actually can love two people at the same time. And yeah, my, my question is, are you always in love? Like, do you always have that feeling? Because after 20 years of knowing you and 15 years of marriage, like, and even having kids, I'm not always like beaming full of love. Sometimes I'm like, give me a fucking burrito. Right? And that's what's on my mind. Like, I'm in love with a burrito right now. Like, I don't have love for anything else. Right? Like, it's not a constant state of being. No, no. Maybe it's more of a, a commitment, a knowing, a deep knowing. Yeah. A sense of, I guess, stability in the relationship. Dude, that's not love. That, that's what I'm getting Ooh, at. Yeah. It's like a whole big, we can change the topic of this podcast and be like, what is love? No, we'll I don't, I don't want to answer minutes. that. And I don't want to tell people what to, I don't want to uh-huh. give people direct advice because everybody has to go on their mm-hmm. own journey. Like I really like demonstrating what happened to us instead and, and allowing for that. But I do have some things to consider, like a question to consider that I ask a lot. And I've asked my partner this and I've asked other people this. Hey, it's Kyle. I wanted to take 60 seconds to tell you more about Amory's mission. One year ago, we started Amory with the intention to bring more love into the world. And now, with listeners in 47 countries, I think we're doing just that. But we want to do more, and we really appreciate your support in in getting to that goal that we have, which is really to expand and share and normalize polyamory, but also improve relationships however they are in the world. So we're now in the process of creating a documentary. We're writing books. We're active on Instagram, supporting people. Uh, We're creating content on Patreon. There's so many ways that we want to continue to grow and connect with people and build this community. And we'd love your support and for you to be a part of that community. And the best way to do that is to go to patreon.com backslash Emory podcast and support us there at any level that works for you. We really appreciate you. Now back to the episode. She's often said, this life is hard. Being poly is hard. Like, so is not being poly, right? Like, (laughs) do you have anyone, like she said today, there's no guidebook for poly. No. Because you know people working on their marriage like 20 years in. Right. Like. Working this hard? No. Yeah, no. working No, hard. no. So, like, my, my <laughs> thing is there is a guidebook uh-huh. or there is a map in society of get married, have kids, you know, Get the house, get the car, have the career, don't die early, don't ever get sick, don't ever lose your job, stay married for 50 years, die together holding hands. Like, there is this map that I don't know anybody that's actually succeeded at that guidebook that's out there. But there's something about working on the relationship. Because, like, you're obviously working on the relationship with your other partner, like, at a higher level, and there's more needs and there's more things that you're learning. But that still comes back and... Yeah, but what I'm getting at is both are work. Sure. Right? Both the monogamous <laughs> standard relationship and the polyamorous Definitely. one have pain in the future, have challenges in the future, have work to be done in the future. Both have a cost. Both have a benefit. The question comes down to, like, are you trying to avoid pain, cost, or work? Because then if you are, no relationship is going to work at all, whether it's monogamous or polyamorous. Like, consider that first. And then the second thing to consider is the work that we're doing in a polyamorous relationship is about honesty, transparency, support, mutual love and consideration. That's hard work. Mm-hmm. So is hiding, cheating, lying. lying. Yeah. All of these other things work. Well, it's just work. They both have costs, right? But which one, which one do you want to, what costs are you willing to spend? Because I'll tell you the benefits of not even just polyamory, to take polyamory off the table, the costs of, or the benefits of honesty, transparency, support, and love are totally worth it. The benefits are totally worth it. Yeah. It's energy that you expend, that, that energy then comes back to you. But, and the honesty yeah. part is another one that keeps coming honest with each other. It costs you once. The fear of being honest in that moment. 
by hiding, it costs you over and over. It costs you to maintain being hidden, mm-hmm. right? And and this is just like boom, it hurts. Some people are going to be mad. Some people are going to be supportive. Some people are going to love it. Yeah, I want to give a shout out. This is a little. Oh yeah, do you have something on this topic? Because I'm going to shift the topic a little bit. So I mean, one of the things that I think was an issue. Yeah, just to wrap uh-huh. up was the so early on in our relationship, Megan and I. You and Marty were having some issues and this was before you sold the house and everything. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff changed when that happened. But I think what I wasn't ready for, because I was coming into this and I had no poly experience, no, no, no concept of anything, was that when you guys had problems, how I could support you and not be like, kind of be on your side or absorb that, like, oh, Marty did this wrong or... Marty's not doing this because like it was impossible for me not to build up something against you when you guys were having Mm -hmm. problems. And I think most people have to experience or like must be going through that. And that's something that I think everybody would be challenged with. Well, and the converse is true because how easy would it be for me to say, well, let's just end it with him. Totally. Where I'm like, that is never, I had to take that, that play out of my book. I'm like, it's never going to be don't put in the work for Kyle and Megan because then I'm not really holding up my end of the deal. So I can't be like, oh, well, obviously this is the primary marriage or primary relationship. So you have to let that one go. That was like something that I realized early that I could never play. Yeah. I think hearing that you vouched for me, and I know there's been many times, but I think hearing about that was also a huge part of like, wow, like he's actually fighting for me to be in this. And that started to shift my mind too, as well. And I have to give both of you shout outs, Marty, for that particular thing that you took that card off the table. And it was never, if there was a breakdown between you and I, it, you didn't ever retaliate with cutting off the relationship between Kyle and I like that. Yeah. That never happened. Yeah. And that's not even Um, what, you know, the stop and repair thing that we talked about isn't about cutting off the other relationship. It's about like just taking variables off the table for a moment to get a breath to like figure out what's at the root. So you're not attacking symptoms. Mm-hmm. Right. And then coming back to it all. Like yep. there's never like a, a, but now stop and repair includes yeah. Kyle. Yeah. Right. Like it's like, it, it has to. And I think my only issue with the initial stop and repair was that I didn't know. Oh, we didn't actually talk about this. What's so. in the last PSA? <laughs> oh, was it talking the about whole PSA, okay. public service announcement? I just did was all about stop and repair. No, but no, no, no. But just about, we didn't talk for four days. So right. when Marty and I, when we had that oh, incident, you remember that four days, yeah, huh? I do. <laughs> anyway, it was a long four days when Marty and I and Kyle were at the pride parade and or pride fest. And we had a breakdown where Marty was already going through something. I didn't see it. I didn't acknowledge it. It triggered even more fear of abandonment. And then I basically ignored it. So I made it worse. And so Kyle didn't react and it was just this bad spiral. But what we did was the stop and repair, which was I didn't talk to Kyle for four days while Marty and I were getting like getting back on our, our solid grounding or solid footing. But we didn't we didn't necessarily tell you right. and that <laughs> what was, was going on. We're like, hey, we're taking we're taking this break. It was our first experience. Yeah, yeah. it was the and, first time. And I think gonna... like, you know, I, over time I forgave that, of course. But I think that's something I want other people to learn. Yeah. Uh, in, you know, the first time is that, yeah, it's an important, very important clause or rule. And I think everyone needs it and hopefully they don't, they don't have to use it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I wasn't aware. And then I, and then I did feel that power dynamic problem mm-hmm. of being like, Oh, well shit. Then Marty can do that to me. And, and that, that whole mentality of two guys against each other, is mm-hmm. just, it's easy to go there. And I mm-hmm. think, no matter how amazing we are, and we are pretty amazing, <laughs> we still we still can quickly grab our clubs and become, become cavemen, really, cavemen yeah. really fast. And I think that's what we don't want. Yeah. No. And I have to give you a shout out because even early in the relationship, if I was having problems and venting, and I really tried not to not to vent or share what was going on, but it was almost impossible being this close and not share what was occurring for me. You were always very neutral. You didn't ever say anything poor about Marty. You didn't, if you had a reaction or a judgment, you never shared it with me. And I, like, I didn't even know until, until recently that that even affected you. I just, I saw you stay so neutral and just support me. And it was, yeah, it was like honorable. I think now what I've learned is that I do need to process that. And I can't just, Mm -hmm. I can't just be neutral. 
I can have a neutral energy and I can support the situation, but I think it's hard to be a human and not have a feeling about something. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you have to be in touch with what is your real feeling and is it legitimate? And I think now it's so much different because then I can either talk to Marty about it or I can, mm-hmm. we can all have that conversation or I can give you that, that feeling. But I think before I was afraid to give my opinion or I was afraid to, to go into something that seemed like it was already fragile. And so that was my own issue of like, I needed to understand the emotions and feel them and, and acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. So I not, I'm not like thinking something badly about Marty when it's not. It's not fair. And I think over time I learned the hard way to, to work through that. And, and I think you need a space to, to process things. And sometimes I'm like, Megan, you're, you're wrong here. And sometimes you need to hear that. And so it's like when I came are... back from South America and I thought everything's going well and you two are like almost not talking. I'm like, the fuck is going on here? I like thought everything was okay. And like, you're coming at it and I'm like, well, you almost just died. Like, there's a whole other thing going on here. I've been reading the medium articles. Like, I've been, I've been clear about what's going on for Kyle. I didn't know he was in the state of any sort of tension. I learned about it really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when you text me, like, what you're thinking about, and I'm like, wait, this can't. No. I'm like, fucking talk to each other. Like, you guys, like, <laughs> you're like. Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to go to New Zealand. Yeah, Australia. you're like, you're not going to come to Australia, New Zealand. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I'm like, no. I'm like, you're coming to Australia, New Zealand. You need to talk Stop to Megan. Me. Megan, you need to turn your phone on. Like, that was like the first. I'm embarrassed now. So now, and so saying now that, Marty I was basically helping us out. Yeah, yeah. I'm like almost like you guys need to stop and repair. I'm gonna go <laughs> hang out with the kids. <laughs> you guys go do your thing. I was so. I feel like this was a different. Oh, okay. How do I describe this? This was the first time that I, in our relationship, Kyle, that I turned off my phone because I was so mad and I needed to calm myself down or I thought that that was going to be the answer. And, uh, it never was right. It's like lack of communication was not great. That was after I sent you a 20 minute rant, a a 20 minute rant (laughs) on why I was so angry at you, which is maybe another. Well, I I actually want to say I was kind of proud of you. I didn't know exactly all the details, but I'm like, wow, she turned her phone off. I'm like, like Megan never <laughs> really does this. So I'm like, I'm impressed. And then I got your message. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I'm like, turn your phone back on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, here, here, l- let me at least have a few, a few thoughts here. So <laughs> if. I always switch topics. Yeah, if I do something wrong, which is very, very possible and may happen often. Megan then responded with letting all of that out, but then shutting her phone off. And it was like, whoa. So there was like this, I triggered her. I did something wrong. And then I got more information than just what I triggered her for because there was a stockpile of things that I hadn't heard about (laughs) that I didn't know I did wrong, that I didn't know upset her. And those all came out. And then... The phone was shut off, and I was like, "This cannot happen." And that was thankfully Marty was yeah. Our, Thanks, Marty. Uh, yeah, well, our I see you guys succeed. The middleman of that. Yeah, there's but so many benefits to yeah. this life together. There's so much more that we can do together that I'm not going to let you guys fail over mm. something stupid, something yeah. I can intervene in, something that's like, yeah, both of you are hitting wounds. You're like. Grab punching each other in the wounds, right? I'm like, I, I can support that. I think that's where we hit on this trip where when I went into my state of isolation and your first response, maybe not the first response, but it got to a point where you're like, I can go and like I'm in the middle of a panic attack and normally wouldn't be able to, to say, no, stay. Going would be the exact thing that would fuck me up right now is that I don't want to be at cause of this falling apart because I feel toxic because Mm. I'm in my wound because I'm triggering off of something that really has nothing to do with either one of you. Mm -hmm. Right. It's my own fear of isolation. It's my own, like I'm susceptible that if I go offline and I'm running everything in my life online and it's abrupt, I didn't know how impactful that was going to be for me. And if you left and that, that would be, that would be me being the toxic one that made everybody leave. That would have fulfilled that prophecy. And so by you staying and us working through it and showing compassion, I think we hit a whole new level. Mm-hmm. And then again, like there's been many of those recently when you said you're not fearing the future, 
You're not resisting the future. Right. Tell me about that. So I just realized that the whole story you just summarized, we didn't actually talk about on a podcast that we shared, but wait, wait, we did on our, for our Patreon members. So this is just a shout out. It's really intimate. It's really, we recorded it right after it happened. So there's a lot of emotion in it. And, uh, yeah. So if you're interested on the whole story, Marty just very quickly glossed over, become a patron because the whole thing's in there. The question was more about like, you just, well, another level up that we just had presently in yeah. our metamor relationship is the not resisting the future that I had started talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to explain, I think, right now, but it's been this feeling that, that happened after seeing you in like the most vulnerable state and you basically like showing all of your wounds to me and, me being completely open to not only working through that with you and wanting to, and knowing that you would do the same for me and more, but then thinking about there's this future that we're already creating. It's already happening. If we really take a look at it Mm -hmm. and it's what I want. That's why I'm here. And everything, everything that I've learned in the last two years has been incredible adventure and, like growth that I can't even, I can't even count mm-hmm. at this point, but I've been resisting the future because of so many things like, Oh, it's not my plan, which is an ego thing or, Oh, it's not like, Oh, my, my, the big one has been, well, what about my life partner and kids and that whole like thing that I was like, why well, can I came to a place where I'm like, I, I, don't want to ever end with Megan for someone else. Like I don't, I'm not going back to monogamy basically. So I want to find something that would work, but I still do want the adventure of having kids, I think. Mm -hmm. So that's, I'm open to that. And I think feeling that the picture wasn't complete is the best way I can say it. Mm -hmm. It's like my picture isn't complete, but we're, we're going into this vision that I was like, Oh no, where I'm going, I'm stepping into this vision, but mine isn't complete. And for some reason, there was all this resistance around that. Well, you said you are on the walk to that in a way you had this like idea set up of what the other partner would be like and what the scenario would be like. The rules. The rules. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I hope fun. people can hear rooster, that. Right? Yeah, that's that's a <laughs> yeah. But that's a, that you would pigeonhole yourself in that and you don't know what the future looks like or the other partner could look like, right. right. Or be like, and there's other things blooming in your life. And, to me, that was awesome. You, you let go of this future because when you resist a vision or a plan you have that I came up with, it feeds directly into one of my, which thank you, <laughs> which is that I'm afraid to say my vision because yeah. it scares everybody because I'm confident in the future. I'm like, let's have a hippie farm, right? And a place by the ocean and let's live in. You know, let's try Portugal. Let's try Brazil in the winter. Let's try Chicago in the summer and let's have this. My plan is, is like, I'm logic based. I'm like, EU, easy visa, get to the EU, set three continents, always in the summer. (laughs) Right. But like, I'm scared of visioning because of this exact same thing. It's like, it comes with resistance and breakdown. And so that was what I just had with my partner was like, I'm afraid to tell you that I want you in this because I'm afraid to scare you away. Because I am like an imaginative dude that's just like, I'm not, my life has been a fucking roller coaster clown show. Like I, I don't live by normal society rules ever. Why start now? <laughs> Let's imagine a crazy future. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things tied to it. And that's why I'm basically saying there's not an easy explanation. Even the whole, we've had so many different ways of describing this, like the king and the knight. Mm-hmm. And then there was part of me that was like, well, I want to be a king. And that's some little <laughs> oh, fucking, no, I mean, it's, it's some little part of me that's like a child. And it's, it's shit that I had to get over because I don't care about being a king. And it's not about being a king. It's about creating this world that we want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the post that you had the other day about, um, you know, what you would say, what you are saying to your son and what you would yeah. say to your son, like, that, that means more to me to someday talk to my kids about the decisions that I made now and knowing that it was the best thing for them and, and the world that they could have lived in, you know, it, it wasn't what I wanted for them. And I think that 
that's something that I just know. I just feel it. And, yeah. I, and that's all that matters. I feel like there's so much going on in the world right now. And some, you could postulate that there's always crazy shit going on in the world throughout time. But like right now with climate change, and if you don't believe in climate change, fuck you. Right? <laughs> that's how I feel about that. You know, with now that coronavirus and everybody's reaction to it, like, you know, from what it is to what the, the reaction to some of it is to like, we could be traveling all of a sudden a travel ban could hit and we could be stuck wherever the fuck we are. Right. To the state of people's polarness, like this, this us versus them that you talk about. Mm-hmm. And if not now, when? If, if not now, if for not, what? if for life right now, if you're not going to take a chance in life, if we're not mm-hmm. going to shift the way people love, if we're not going to shift this us versus them shit. If we're not going to shift this, how we relate to one mm-hmm. another and how we want men to relate to one another. If we're not going to change how, like how women are treated and throughout the world and all societies and how much needs to change, how we eat, how we consume, how we relate, how we politic, all of it has to change. Like if we're not going to take the chance now, when the fuck are we going to do mm-hmm. it? After we're all fucking dead. Well, the, the crazy part to that is I see the example between you two. I see how much you've transformed. I see your relationship. I see what's possible. And I think that's the most powerful thing we have is each of us just going on our journey and doing the hard work. And it's not about crazy things outside of ourselves. And it starts with each one of us. And I feel like I'm sitting here knowing I'm not talking as much. I'm looking at both of you and what, what's occurring for me is my heart feels wide open because I see what's possible. And I so wish more people could have the experience that I've had over the last two years to see your transformation, like your individual transformation. And then now how I feel both of you are connecting and supporting each other. It's, I could have never, ever, ever, ever imagined this. I do, I've only experienced it. And I, that's the benefit of recording this right now is just to try to share like a glimpse, just a little glimpse of what's possible. I could have never imagined this. Kyle and I, we're, <laughs> we're woofing as a world, worldwide organization of organic, organic farming. farming. We're, we're like doing work on a farm in trade for stay and food. And we're fucking digging up potatoes. We're city boys. We're like digging yeah, up hands potatoes. Hands in the dirt. Hands in the dirt. <laughs> Learn how to do this. Kids are coming by. We're chatting about life. We're both like getting anxious like not anxious like impatient about dude we could have a farm we could do this like we could have, you know we've learned about three vegetables so far but we're like, <laughs> like we feed kyle is like fucking de-weeding and taking trees out and he's like fucking mountain man and i'm like cooking and we're like we're finding our roles and like it's amazing and we have this experience because we got through all this other shit and now are on the other side of it quite a bit where we're like, okay, we can co-create this future and we can yeah. not compete, but we can be like, yeah, Kyle likes digging out fucking trees, right? Like, you know, <laughs> here's a shovel. I got a shovel. Yeah. We're digging there's out potatoes. Trees. Like okay. it didn't matter how long we were taking. It's like, we're, we're going through this and we're learning and there's all this possibility. And I want this for everybody. Mm-hmm. I want, you don't need to be traveling the world, minimalist, woofing, but you can, you can relate to your friends differently. You mm-hmm. can relate to, you know, if you're not in a polyamorous relationship and you're just a man listening to this, like start relating to your friends differently. Like be vulnerable with your male friends. And if they break down, work on it. If they go away, find better friends. Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I felt this the other night. It was like, I want everyone to be able to love whoever they want. Mm-hmm. And I want them to be able to love however they want. Mm. And those two things, I think would unlock pretty much most of the world's heart. Yeah. Love whoever you want, however you want. Yeah. Uh, the structure. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Cause our walks and hikes have been amazing. Like we've come back from hikes and we walked into the play place where you got the chaos. Oh my God. Oh, okay. I have to describe the scene. So you, Oh, you guys have just been on a walk. We just or you know you were taught you were, right? okay you hiked so I'm at a play place with the kids and these two walk in and I swear like on the same vibe like somehow connected in a way that I haven't experienced you two and you just kind of like sit down and you're all chill and you're beaming and like happy and I feel like I just I don't know I, I it was a full triangulation it was fantastic it was seeing you two relate like best friends oh can I share that too because the whole best friends comment that I remember 
And Kyle, I'd love to share, have you share what you think friendship is. I think you put it in your, a recent Instagram post too. It's not any recent yeah. Because I feel like your version of friendship and what has happened over the last couple of weeks is like, says it all. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, Marty made a comment that's like, Kyle, you can make friends like accidentally walking into a bank or like doing anything you make friends. And, and I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. But how does that happen? And what is it about friendship that's easy? And for me, I think all it comes down to is I'll be friends with you if you show me a part of you and I show you a part of me. And that's kind of a friendship. Metaphorically. Bond. Right. <laughs> part of, yeah. A part of your heart, your soul. Yeah. I like to be um, vulnerable. If you're vulnerable with me, I'll be vulnerable yeah, with you. Yeah. You tell me that's, something yeah. about who you really are, not yeah. like small talk or anything that's mm -hmm. surface level. When you go a step deeper, when you go into who someone is, something about them, something that's really, yeah, it's vulnerable. It's, it's, it tells you about who they are. To me, that's like what develops into a friendship, mm -hmm. what, what friendship means. And I've also heard you say with no expectations. Yeah. I think, I mean, expectations is, it's problematic for any relationship. And I think, yeah, with friends, for me, I've, you know, there's, there's certain people in my life who I've, learn from that they always are expecting certain things from certain people and they're always upset and they're always pissed. They're always let down. And I think that helped shift my mind into a place of, I'm not going to do something for you and expect something back. There's like an energy that works its way around the world mm -hmm. and in certain ways. And I'm not keeping like a, a scoreboard or a scorecard or on um, the deep good deeds I've done for certain people <laughs> or whatever. And I think it all, it all comes back and, I think as you even said, Marty, like there needs to be a two way street. It needs to be a, a give and, and, or a give and receive of. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be value, valuable. It doesn't place. have to be egalitarian. It's like we talked about that in our walk in yeah. that one park by the house that we were talking about when you had kind of, you gave me some insight as to what I need. I try to be loyal. I try to be there for my friends. I try to go deep. I try to, I don't walk away from the scary parts. And I, I think I'm a good friend. And then all I've ever asked for back is like acknowledgement, like a thank you or, mm -hmm. or credit. Mm -hmm. Right. And now yeah, when you said that, you, you need a feedback loop. I'm like, I need a positive Marty, that's feedback. That's easy. Loop. I can do that. <laughs> I need a positive feedback loop. Did that, yeah. did you receive something? You know, because it's yeah. like what I'm trying to do. And all I really want to know is like, I, I made an impact that I, that I was this friend. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it's so funny because I could do all of this work, do all this stuff for you, Megan, in mm -hmm. particular. Right. Where it's like all I need. It's a little bit of acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. And then when you don't, what it comes back to me as this feedback is it's so low valued. It's worth nothing. It's so mm -hmm. worth nothing. It's worth less than nothing. It's not even worth a thank you. Mm. And it's, and to me, that's just a slap in the face of like, what am I expending all this energy for? And do I have any friends? Would they do this for me? If they can't even give me a, an acknowledgement or a feedback loop that is like, yes, this worked for me. Thank you very much mm -hmm. for something that I expelled that was like a huge amount of energy. And I feel like I don't know what friendship is. Mm. I feel like that reframed it for me in a quick instant. I was able to like look at Marty and like all the, <laughs> all the group texts and the way that you interact mm -hmm. with people, the way that you're always there for people. Hey, get, I'll get on a call with you in the next five minutes. Mm -hmm. Seems like you need something. It was like, Oh my God. Like I just saw it instantly. I'm like, Marty's like the best friend you could ever ask for. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and I saw that immediately and I'm like, and I'm so lucky to have it. Well, and see, like, I was getting this, these feedback loops with you, like, with your medium articles. So you'd send me a medium article. And when someone sends you something yeah. that they just wrote, it was an inspired page. my like, first audience mm -hmm. member. Right? So, like, <laughs> I get that. And then I stop what I'm doing. Yeah. And I tell whoever I'm with. Not many people would ever do that. Right. Well, this, For me or anyone. But this is why I do it. Like, I stop what I'm doing. I'm with her. I'm with my partner. And I'm like, okay, I need to take 15 minutes. Kyle just sent me something. I know you're on. Your energy's in flow. You're like excited. Yeah. You're, you're doing it in a vacuum now, right? And you sent it to me because what do you want? You want feedback, right? I can give you feedback, right? I can feed that momentum. I can feed that energy. I want to see you succeed. So I stop what I'm doing and I send it out and you give me a thanks back. 
Right. And then what I was suffering from is like, guys, I'm lit up. Like I've got my book title. Like I have mm-hmm. the book title of what I want to write. And I like send it out and fucking crickets to everybody. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I just want someone to be like, that's a good title. <laughs> you know? like, it is a good title. Yeah. We can't say yeah, it. I love the title. Can't yeah, we can. It. No, we yeah. can't. You don't want to say the no, title? No, don't say it. I don't want to say wait, it. No, wait until it's a book. And then well, I'm, I'm in it. I'm, I'm writing it. I've written part of it. I'm like, yeah, it's gonna save, be a good save. It's going to be a really okay. good fucking book. That's yeah. going to be <laughs> and speeches around the world. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where Marty Batia, Batia is heading. Yeah. So I want to say to wrap up the the friends' comments that I've seen you two become best friends, and I saw I saw the label of it before, maybe because Kyle can be quick to call someone friends or best friends, and where it wasn't received by you, Marty. That was hesitant. And that I was, was like, how are we best friends yet? I yeah. don't know. But what was different? Why did it, you, you called him then best friends recently? Or it was, uh, I, th- I think it was this most recent breakdown. It was like, you didn't walk away. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't walk away. And for every, me, that was, yeah, I'm easy. No brain. You know, like, I know I'm hard energy. Like, my partner said that she's <laughs> like, your energy when you're great is great. Your energy when you're not great is fucking great. Right. But in a negative way. <laughs> like, Very I, powerful. Well, I just, I, I'm, I mean, I, I don't know if I would say it that way. I mean, you are who you are, and mm-hmm. you sign up for a, the good parts and the bad. And I, I say that to Megan. I'm like, mm-hmm. I love you on the good days and the bad days, mm-hmm. and you should have that for your best friend. Yeah, and, and I'm intense, and I want I, I I'm passionate, and I want to be safe in that passion. I want to be able to be passionate about the future vision, and I want to be able to be like passionate in my breakdown and not have everybody run away from me because I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. <laughs> I was going to say, you are a little crazy. I know in, it. In a good way. I know it, but I don't like... Our crazies match. Like where I, I live by this quote, if you don't feel like you belong in this world, you're here to change it. And I don't think the way things are going are acceptable to me. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take a little bit crazy to do something different. And I'm fucking fine with being crazy. But I just want other people that I love and care about to be fine with my crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I'm, you know, I'm honored to be on this team and doing the work that I think is really important yeah. really impactful. We already know that. And with that, I want to thank audience members. Mm-hmm. It's my first episode, I called it audience member. <laughs> I, um, we have multiple now. Yay. No, I want to thank you all from me. Whatever Kyle and Megan have to say, it's on them. Fuck them. They can say whatever they want. <laughs> this is Megan's podcast. This is Megan's part of her ikigai, which is her purpose in life. But it's become very intertwined in my life and mm-hmm. Kyle's life. And the feedback that we get, feedback that I get, mm-hmm. I am fucking grateful for. I am, mm-hmm. you put fuel in my, in my mm-hmm. tank. You inspire me. You challenge me. You, everyone out there doing the work on themselves, everybody out there that, that is participating in the conversation, everybody that feeds Megan's fire and feeds Kyle's fire. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Marty Bots, that's beautiful. Can't say it any better than no, that. No, <laughs> I can't. I can't. And to see you be emotional, I know it's it comes directly from your heart. And yeah, I would just say ditto, ditto, and ditto. Yeah, I'm especially thankful for a recent addition to our Patreon family. And uh, we've been communicating with them. There's three of them. One woman, two men, and uh, a V very much like like us. And it's been talking with them and hearing their feedback. You're beautiful, beautiful. You know who you are, beautiful people. Yeah. Your beautiful Amazing. feedback uh, about how much we've like you feel like we've brought to your life in the last month of just listening through our our podcasts and uh, and how much that has shifted for you. And I look at you, you two, who I think didn't even know each other. You had been maybe messaging, but you hadn't met in person. And to get to have the conversation that we had today via messaging and then to see a picture of you two together and getting your feedback, it just like you're some powerful motherfuckers. Seriously. I love your vulnerability. You you. are what is changing this world. It's fucking amazing. You're being the change you wish to see in the world. Yeah. And if you think it's scary to share who you really are with the world, you will be shocked at at the results because it's really been an incredible and beautiful and fulfilling. Amazing. It really is. So, so much more coming up. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for being who you are in this world and going on your own journey. Hope you feel. Thanks for listening to another episode of Amory. If you found value in this, it sparked a conversation with you and your partner or partners. You found better inquiries for yourself. You got some insights. You felt some growth. 
or just like hearing us talk, I encourage you to check out our Patreon page. And if you have the means, subscribe. We have levels that are just $2, like you're buying us a cup of coffee every month. Or perhaps you can afford to buy us a lunch at a cheap location for 10 bucks a month. Or you can go all in on a dinner, whatever it is. We'd love to have your support. We'd love to be able to continue this conversation ongoing uh, and really bring love into the world because that's what it's all about. So if you like it and you have the means and you feel so inclined, please check it out. We appreciate you. We love you. Love more. Be well. You can find our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Amory podcast. A link is in the show notes. Thanks again.